Hey friends, it's Chrissy. If you had a knee-jerk reaction to the word gluttony in the title of this episode, well, you're not alone. I too struggled when considering discussing the topic on the podcast, but the Holy Spirit revealed that my emotions were actually a result of shame and condemnation and that there was no grace because I had been misinformed about gluttony. Everything I thought I knew actually came from the world and the culture I lived in. So as Charlie Castle and I dive into this topic, my prayer is that God will reveal any lies you've believed about gluttony and remove any shame and chains that have bound you as a result of this one word and the misinformation surrounding it. I pray that God will help you move from gluttony shame to gluttony grace and that you will find freedom from this bondage because you, my friend, are worth it. Welcome to the Old School Food Freedom Podcast, brought to you by your friends at Finding Balance. I'm your host, Chrissy Kirkman. On this show, we kick it as old school as it gets with how God created us to live free from dieting, food rules, and body shame. Ready to replace the old soundtrack of cultural lies with biblical truth? Let's start with this. You don't have to be trapped by food struggles. You were created to be free. God adores you and wants you to experience the fullness of life without body hatred or bondage to dieting. The time is now to take a step toward the life you were created for. We're so glad you're here with us today. Let's get into today's episode. Hey, Charlie, how are you today? So good. Glad to be here. I am stoked to have you on the Old School Food Freedom Podcast. Thank you for being here with me. You, um, I don't know if I've ever told you, I think I might have told you once, but but when I was praying for God to show me where he fits in, in the Christian, like, well, in the intuitive eating space, like he, I prayed circles around like, Lord, I want to be, you know, be free from um, this bondage of dieting and just hating myself and my body, never measuring up. Where do you fit in this thing called intuitive eating? Because it feels like intuitive eating is just the way we're supposed to eat. Like the way you designed us to eat, listening to our hunger cues. But but the people that I was seeing, they weren't Christian. Um, and so I prayed about that. And he led me to the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women podcast. And I heard your voice and I heard Aaron Todd. Oh, it was the best. I even downloaded, I even paid and downloaded your guide. Oh, it was so great. And then right after that, he led me to Finding Balance. So I have such a place in my heart for you. Like you have encouraged me and helped me in so many ways that you don't even know. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with me. Sometimes you feel like you're just like, producing this stuff and putting it out there into the abyss and like, right. is anybody listening? <laughs> like exactly making an impact. So it's so fun when we get to hear people's stories and how it has impacted them. So thank you for sharing that. You're so welcome. Friends, let me uh, tell you a little about Charlie Castle. Um, she's the owner of Intuitive Wellness Programs, LLC, a nutritional therapy practice in Pennsylvania. She is a co-host of the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women podcast alongside Aaron Todd and the developer of the Attunement Reset, a group coaching experience for Christian women to develop authentic stewardship of their body. She celebrates body diversity and values people's lived experiences. 
Charlie takes a gentle approach to nutrition and believes there is room for all foods in a healthy eating pattern. She's a huge fan of donuts, <laughs> mountains, and gardening, and even bigger fan of helping women ditch dieting, embody scripture, and live on purpose. That is my friend, Charlie. I'm sure there's so much more about you, but that's a good that's a good lead in. <laughs> okay, you've heard the podcast. You know we kick off the show with the question of what old school item do you miss from back in the day? Yes. So I don't know if they make this anymore. They might, but I know that if they do, I know they don't. They do not make this item anymore. Okay. <laughs> it is like, okay, Fisher Price. So you have to be seeing like white, red, yellow, blue, Fisher Price oh. of like the 80s, 90s, right? Primary colors. Yeah. The tape recorder with the microphone. Oh, yes. <laughs> I loved that thing. I loved that thing. So like I walked around, like I remember holding it up to the TV to like record my favorite songs from movies and like, and singing into it and just blasting it. Like I remember tormenting my brothers and sisters <laughs> with all my songs on my Fisher Price tape recorder. Okay, that's fabulous. I loved that thing too. And I think what's interesting is look at what we're doing today. Like we were kids, we liked the recording, we liked hearing, you know, hearing our voices and recording and getting some kind of message or this is part of who we are. This is our favorite song. Um, I think it's so cool. That was God like ah, preparing cool. us, whispering. Right. Oh my gosh, I love that. I know you said, well, I'm not really happy with what I came. I think it's perfect. It's exactly what we needed it to be. Yay. Oh. Fisher Price for the win. Yeah. <laughs> I miss that thing. And then like, as we got older, that morphed into like listening to the radio in your bedroom with your tape ready to hit record when your favorite song oh, yeah. came on. <laughs> yes. I did that. So I still have mixtapes. I told when Travis Stewart was on a few episodes ago, we talked about that. Like he was a DJ at his college doing the solid rock radio hour or something. And um, and he would have them all. Oh, it was perfect. Oh. And so I've got to, I, I promise listeners, friends, I'm going to get, I'm going to record that. I'm going to let, let you in on, like, it's me, my voice saying, like being the DJ. Like eight it. years old, seven. Yeah, I can't wait. So oh, I, I promise it. I'll do that. <laughs> okay, I keep delaying, but this topic, woo, it's a doozy. Mm. And I am so glad that you're here to talk about this, to talk about gluttony. Gluttony. It, I don't even know why the word itself makes me feel some type of way. Like, I don't mm. know what, the, I can't even identify it, but it makes me feel really uncomfortable inside to even read the word gluttony to hear it to think about it so i let's just start gluttony what is it really like what is it really what is gluttony well gluttony <laughs> is a heart issue oh. like so many other sins right we can't look at someone and decide if they are gluttonous or not. It's not um, an outward appearance. It's something that's happening in someone's heart. It's a way of believing and um, living in the world, really. So that would be my quick, like, this is what gluttony is. 
Um, and May, can I ask a question? Yeah. When I hear gluttony, all my mind says is food. Mm-hmm. Over, I hear it, and I hear food, overeating, binging, your gluttonous. Can gluttony be something beyond food? Is it only food? Is it related to food at all? It can, it go can involve food. It, it can involve food. It can food. involve okay. food. Um, but no, gluttony is not overeating right so when you get this when you said like oh i hear gluttony and i feel this type of way and i don't even know what that is i certainly imagine that the people listening to this podcast had the same like like gut response even just seeing the gluttony in the title of this podcast episode because of the way our culture has impacted that word and what that means. And even like sometimes the examples that have been given for that um, from the pulpit. And so most people would see the word gluttony and be like, what? I thought this was not a diet culture podcast. Like, why are we talking about gluttony? Right? Because they're expecting a shaming, condemning message about overeating. And I promise you, listeners, that's not what we're doing here today. That is not what gluttony is. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that. I mean, it's like I immediately had to get that cleared. <laughs> like, please, I, I pray that people are still listening um, and haven't haven't dropped off. And um, because it, it's a heart issue. So you did not say gluttony is a food issue. No. Gluttony is a heart issue. Yeah. Yeah, so um, our our friend and fellow pat podcaster and dietitian Brittany Braswell unpacks gluttony on the first episode of her podcast, The Joy Filled Eater. So go check that out. Um, so given her credit, right? So she dug into the original language, the Hebrew gluttony, and the word that we see is zalal. Uh, which means to shake, to be worthless, vile, to make light of, to be lavish with, and to squander. We see this original word used in Deuteronomy 21.20, in Proverbs 23.21, and in Proverbs 28.7. So, zalal, gluttony, is an attitude of idolatry, lavish squandering, and vile behavior. That's a heart posture issue. Gluttony is a heart issue. You can't look at someone and determine whether they're gluttonous. And I will just say that the... The stigma around being in a fat body in a church is all wrapped up in this. This idea that you can look at someone's body and determine where their heart is. And it's just not the truth. Nicole Morgan wrote a book called Fat and Faithful, and she really digs into this. Um, There's a whole chapter about it. And 
she explains that gluttony is in fact consumption at the expense of someone else. Wow. Especially the poor and the marginalized. So if we look at Nicole Morgan's definition is that gluttony is the is consumption at the expense of someone else. And we look at that original Hebrew word zalal, to shake, to be worthless, vile, to make light of, to be lavish with, and to squander. She gives us example um, from the world, the sin of Sodom. So it's Ezekiel sixteen forty nine says that the sin of your sister Sodom was this. She lived with her daughters in the lap of luxury, proud, gluttonous, and lazy. They ignored and oppressed the poor. They put on airs and lived obscene lives. So if we're looking into, like, what is gluttony, there's these, these questions you can ask. Does my consumption contribute to or ignore another person's suffering? And we're, if we're talking about food, right? We, if we're talking about how is gluttony about food, what about this question? Were the people who grew, harvested, and produced this food treated fairly? Wow. Hey, I never would have thought of that. Am I lavishly feasting while my neighbor goes hungry? Right? So in scripture, when we see these people um, being rebuked for their gluttony, it's not, they're not being rebuked for feasting. They're being rebuked for feasting at the expense of someone else, for feasting while the people in their kingdom are going hungry for taking from the poor so they can have their lavish feast. That's gluttony. That's a big difference than just huge feasting. Yeah. Yeah. We see feasting in the Bible all the time, right? Like Jewish law declares all kinds of feasts. Feasts are happening. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like your, it's your, your heart posture behind that, that feasting. And, um, like, what else is going on around that food? So I, I give this example um, of my son. I think about, like, taco night. Um, he lo- like he lo- We love Mexican food, girl. We love it. Same. I lived in Southern California for a long time, and I learned how to make, like, legit street tacos, right? Like, good <laughs> stuff. And so... You know, I'm, we had taco night. I, I made these tacos. They were amazing. And as I'm cleaning up, and my little six-year-old Jack just proclaims, like, oh, my belly is so full. But it was, like, so good, and I couldn't stop. Um, so I ask you, like, was that gluttonous? That he was really enjoying his tacos, and he ate past fullness some, and he... That does not feel gluttonous to me. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't gluttonous. He enjoyed the food, the taste, the experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was enjoying it. He he was. It, I think about 
this idea that gluttony is simply overeating and that's what it is. It's an oversimplification and it's, it's a really easy um, example to give of gluttony. So we hear it a lot and then we take that with our culture. And so we assume that gluttony means overeating and a certain body size and, and all of these things. We can be gluttonous with food and it can show up in overeating but it's not like a simple thing and it there's all these questions to ask about your heart. So gluttony can show up in overeating if food is your main source of comfort. Mm-hmm. You're not turning to God, you're turning to food. And so is that is it, in that instance would it be the same as emotional eating? Yeah, like that so that can be like a form of idolatry gluttony right like i'm turning to this food for my main source of comfort rather than the lord listen no condemnation or shame coming from me yes been there Mm -hmm. i work i walk with people struggling with this every day we we can start leaning on the lord and there 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 is some sin in that right there's also trauma response and there's a things that we have learned to survive really, really, really hard things. So know that when I talk about this, I'm coming to you like the Lord does with so much love and care and saying, like putting my arm out and saying like, I know girl, I know like we needed that to survive. And there's more than just that food. There's more we can lean into the Lord. Like let's walk this way. Let's learn how to heal that. Let's learn how to not need food as our main source of comfort. But that's something we learn. We learn. So, you know, you can ask the questions like, am I using food to feed my hungry soul? Um, Am I eating more at the expense of others? Right? So that's how it can kind of show up in this overeating thing. Like, am I going through the buffet and taking all the food and there's still 10 people that need to eat. Yeah. And you know, then we might be looking at that. Like you're not thinking about other people. Um, What does that look like? But let me tell you, you can also be gluttonous with restriction or under eating. Let's go there. Let's go there. What does that look like? Yeah. So this is not my idea. And I think it's really important to point that out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't just come up with this. Um, send hate mail to Charlene. Right? Like, I didn't just yeah. come up with this. And I was, like, in awe of God when I I got appointed to study gluttony by a group of my peers. And oh, I, wow. Like, okay. Like, this is going to be rough. <laughs> like, we all talk about it, but, like what am I going to find? And, you know, so I, I, I was really digging in and like, I was in awe when I found these quotes of CS Lewis talking about the subtle gluttony of like delicacy. Mm. So he talks about it in the screw tape letters, which, you know, is like, it's his book where there's this senior devil screw tape and he's advising this junior devil wormwood on how to tempt humans. So it's like this, the satire, like these conversations of like how to tempt humans. 
So this is coming right out of there. He says, we can use a human belly and palate to produce querulousness, impatience, uncharitableness, and self-concern. Glubos has this old woman well in hand. She is always turning from what she has been offered her to say with a demure little sigh and a smile, oh, please, please, all I want is a cup of tea, weak, but not too weak, and with just the teeniest, weeniest bit of really crisp toast. You see, because what she wants is smaller and less costly than what has been set before her, she never recognizes as gluttony her determination to get what she wants, however troublesome it may be to others. Wow. At the very moment of indulging her appetite, she believes that she is practicing temperance by choosing something small and dainty. But in reality, the particular shade of delicacy to which we have enslaved her is offended by the sight of more food than she happens to want. So this is C.S. Lewis writing, you know, about what a devil would be saying to teach a younger devil. And he says, the particular shade of delicacy to which we have enslaved her is offended by the sight of more food than she happens to want. Wow. That hits home. Does that blow your mind? Yeah, I'm at a loss for words, to be honest. Yeah. That makes me want to cry. Like, that's that's rough. That's hard. Because that is so, that just, it just hits home. Yeah. You see, like, there's, I just think of this, the self-righteousness that can come from um, like eating so little and being following all the diet rules and kind of all of those things that our culture really teaches us, like that's the right thing to do. And um, like, oh gosh, I, when I read that and was really looking at that, like I was flooded with the memories of like... Mm-hmm. I just think of like this one time in particular when it like the eating disorder was for real intense and my husband at not at the time, I, I don't even know if we were engaged. I think we were just dating brought me home to like his family's for Christmas. And um, they knew that I had all these food rolls and I was a dietitian. They were trying to be supportive so they had like gone out of their way to buy these these salad dressings and like all these different things that they thought would meet the qualifications of my food rules. And of course they didn't, right? They had additives or whatever. They had stuff in them that were not allowed. And I just think of like, oh, they like really went out of their way to show me love and care. And, you know, I remember like, oh, I can't eat that. I remember saying that like, dang. Yeah. Yeah. The food rules were so important to us at the time that we couldn't. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) it's. It is bringing up some things in me today. Oh, God. I sacrificed relationships. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right? 
Friend, I am so grateful that you're here and listening to the Old School Food Freedom Podcast. As always, you can find helpful links from today's episode in the show notes. I want to personally thank those of you who make this podcast possible. For over 20 years, Finding Balance has been on a mission to provide Christ-centered resources for those seeking freedom from food and body image issues. If you'd like to join others supporting this ongoing work, you can do so in one of three ways. One, leave a comment and review for the podcast on your preferred podcast app. Two, share the podcast with your network and friends on social media or via text or email. And three, this podcast is made possible because of generous donors. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation or become a monthly supporter, you can do so at findingbalance.com forward slash donate. Our key scripture, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Galatians 5.1. So Heather Creekmore talks about this. Uh, She talks about this C.S. Lewis passage and she puts it this way. She says, Lewis demonstrates how this type of gluttony prevents us from loving others well because we lack hospitality around food. Afraid of what shall be served, the one wrestling the gluttony of delicacy will turn down dinner invitations, or her dietary preferences will be so hard to accommodate that she stops receiving them. She says, I've had many clients who avoid social situations where they can't control the menu. So this preoccupation with food or food avoidance may be also defined as gluttony. So it's kind of- okay. So I'm sure no one, no one listening. I can't say no one. I never would have ever thought that. Yeah, yeah. So this this tracks for me along the same idea of like when I think about like, oh, this might be a little like who for some people, but when I think about like body love or body hate or self love or self hate, like they're both. They're two sides of the same coin of pride. So insisting on food in whatever way at the expense of other people or putting the, your, your food desire, whatever, above loving people, being in relationship, being in community, being with God, I don't know. It's like two sides of the same coin, whether you're feasting at somebody's expense or you're restricting at somebody's expense. That, that even applies to exercise. If, if exercise, like I'm not going to miss a day no matter what. And I remember times on Thanksgiving, Christmas, where it's like people are just going to have to wait. I'm going to the gym. I'm going to get in my workout, especially today, because I'm eating so much more than I normally would. Like, and, and like you said earlier, you know, the, I sacrificed that time with my family, especially when family is coming in from out of town. Um, that's an hour and a half that I didn't have with them because I had, and, and not that I couldn't accommodate, you know, or make adjustments to, um, to make sure we were having that quality time, but I didn't many times not shaming myself and not condemning myself. That's just, that's where I was. I just, I didn't see, I didn't, I have my priorities 
mixed up. Yeah. Do you feel that 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 is a, a form of gluttony? It could be. I or like idolatry, right? You were serving the god of your body image or whatever that was. And it was a hard issue for sure. Yeah, it's a hard issue. And this is where like oh, I just hope people can hear my heart. Um no condemnation, only grace, no shame, just love. Yeah, and like we we learn we learn these coping mechanisms um, based on our experience and uh, what people around us teach us, what people model for us. So I just want to like what we exp- we don't like wake up and make the decision like, oh, I'm going to serve the idol of my body. I'm going to make my body my God. Like none of us make that conscious decision. Right. We we are impacted by messages around us. Our brains are wired to behave this way. You, you watch your mom do that. You watch the media do that. You learn like when when we talk about like that babies just mimic, right? Like monkeys yeah, and monkey yeah. do. They see you do it. They do it. Like that's literally wiring their brains to do those things. That's how they learn and keep that behavior. So when you're growing up and you're watching all this stuff and the media is impacting you, all this stuff is happening, like your brain is literally wiring up to do these things. And if you experience trauma, big T, little T, all, anything that's too big, too fast, too much, and you kind of have this wiring in your brain um, that like, hey, your body's something you can control because you're taught that through teen magazines or just whatever the things are, then your brain like, oh, I know how, I know how to feel like I have some control or I know how to have safety or our brains create these things to help us survive really scary, hard things. And so I just want to say like, it's not, there's nothing about this that is like, all or nothing black and white it's also nuanced there are pieces of your relationship with food that might be sinful and there's also pieces that are trauma responses and there's just there's all these pieces and all these different things and so i just i just want you to hear me that i i want to make people aware of the hard issues because you can repent for those and ask god to heal those and turn away from those there's so much power in that yeah but yeah. don't don't fall for the enemy's trap of shame and condemnation yeah definitely and to talk about you know like just hearing us and our hearts for you and being in a larger body is not a sin no Having an eating disorder is not a sin. No. Living in diet culture, we're getting those messages every day. We've been getting those messages from as early as we can, you know, before we can even remember, we're getting those messages, like you were just saying. And so I just, I don't know. It's like I keep, have been hearing the same message for like at least two weeks, like often, like almost like, so much to the point of like, okay, I'm really listening, God. I'm like tuning into exactly, I hear you talking, that you really want us to know there is a place 
no matter what you are going through, no matter what it's come as you are come as you are as broken as it is as messy as it is as embarrassing as it is i have had to tell somebody some really like legitimately embarrassing what has always felt shameful my entire life since it happened i had to bring it to the light bring it out of the darkness into the light and share it yeah so if if you're hearing this and and feeling like you just need someone who understands. I mean, here we are. If you need prayer, prayer at findingbalance.com. Like we are always ready to pray for you and willing and wanting to and honored. Um, I don't know. I just felt someone needed to hear that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, you know, I just always think of the, like, the enemy is going to come at you with like shame and condemnation and fear. And all of that makes you want to like pull, shrink away, come inside yourself, isolate, don't get help. Don't like, yeah. If you look at the fruit, it's clearly from the enemy. For real. Yep. But the Lord comes at you with conviction. He does. And when he convicts you, it is so gentle and loving and sweet. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's safe. Yeah. It's like, there's, there's some heart stuff going on here, but like, let me show you how we can work on that and let me walk with you. And, and I understand how you got there and here's some new ways of thinking about it. And like, let's, let's walk forward together. It's compassionate. It's loving. And what it does is draw you to him draw you to people who can help draw you to speaking about it in light with safe people praying with other people so if you look at the fruit of conviction it's clear that it's from the lord because he is love and he is relationship amen yes ma'am yes and we are in his image right i didn't say like he does love and he does relationship although he does those things like he is love and he is relationship father son and holy spirit and we're created in his image and he is with us he is emmanuel god with us right where we are whatever we're going through whatever we're doing that we don't even want to be doing Mm -hmm. he's still he's there he's there and he's not like arms crossed looking down with a you know stern look he's he's there loving us holding us protecting us through it and ready when we are ready like he's not going to force us to to come to him to turn to him but he's going to be ready when we come walking back down the road and he's going to have a party for us like throw his arms open my daughter is back my son is back let's do this like you know love it i love that Uh, that's that's the god we serve that's sweet sweet lord i love that picture of i just i love to visualize this like the prodigal son coming home and the father seeing him so far off like hiking up his tunic or whatever so that he could (laughs) run through the field towards him. Like that is how God convicts us. That is like what God's just there waiting, watching. Like I I'm here. I I see you daughter. I hear you son. I'm here. And as soon as you turn to him, like, let's do this. We're getting, we're bringing, we're slaughtering the fatted calf. We're here's your ring back. 
Hey, here's where we're feasting. Yeah. Feasting. Ah. <laughs> Get it back. Yeah. So good. Oh, that's so good. So here, like, here are the questions about gluttony. One more time, right? Does my consumption contribute to or ignore another person's suffering? Were the people who grew, harvested, and produced this food treated fairly? We're not going to do that perfect all the time. So don't let the enemy come in with that. But I want you to think about that. Um, am I lavishly feasting while my neighbor goes hungry? Do I turn down food offered to me or dinner invitations to honor my food rules? Is my main source of comfort in food, food restriction, or food laws? Notice I said main source of comfort. Hmm. Am I using food, food restriction, or food laws to feed my hungry soul? Fatness is not a sin. Mm-mm. There is no body size or shape that is sinful. So where do you take this? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah. To the throne, we take it to the feet of Jesus. We take it to to our Savior, to the one that can actually help us navigate it. Really, um, because it, it is it's a heavy it's a heavy topic, and it's a, and our heart issues are what I mean. He specializes in that. Like yeah. he's the best. He's the only person you know, heavenly father who can, who can help us work through those heart issues, Mm -hmm. who fully completely understands the heart issues. He fully sees the root and the root system as deep as it goes, all the inner, you know, intertwined roots, Mm -hmm. um, deep underground. He knows, he knows every bit of it. So, so the, the heart issues, we turn to him. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that I just, I always find so much comfort um, in Romans 12 to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may see the the will of God, right? Um, I talked about our our brains being wired up and, and neuropathways and things that are like really scientific, right? Like, some of the stuff is like wired into you that you believe this and that you behave that way or whatever those things are. But the word of God says that his word, reading it, being in it, being with him in relationship has the power to renew our minds, transform our minds, renew our hearts. Yeah. Let your mind be transformed and let your heart be renewed and know that God can like do it instantly. He can. And sometimes he does, but more often than not, it's this slow process of sanctification of us choosing to come to him and continue in his word, talk to him about what we're going through, take an active part of taking our thoughts captive and making them obedient to Christ, calling out what's Mm -hmm. a lie, agreeing with things that align with his truth. So if you have a brain all wired up to restrict or, you know, just what to get control or comfort or whatever it is um, from behaviors with food or food rules, like 
know that he has the power to renew that, to change that. And there is no shame or condemnation coming from him or us. And it is a slow sanctifying process. So if the thoughts keep coming back, okay, they're going to, you have roads in your brain of those thoughts, but now you get to take them captive and make them obedient to Christ. Absolutely. And, um, and along those lines, I know for a long time I would, you know, I just, I'm a self-starter or whatever, you know, I want to do it myself. It's again, more of maybe that control or I'd like to research and I like to Mm -hmm. know, I I, I like to figure things out on my own. (laughs) Sometimes good. Sometimes that doesn't work well for me. Um, So, so the constant internet searching, video watching, scrolling through, you know, Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and whatever it is. And learning some information, some nuggets of truth. Sometimes you really don't know what's true. Like so many things that I used to podcast that I used to binge listen to when I was doing X diet, they were feeding everything into me about why this diet, this method was great. And little by little, I'm like, why am I having all these health problems? Oh, it's because that's actually not great for you. And um, so to to connect yourself with someone who is skilled. Um, You know, God gives us these gifts. Like he puts people in place um, to help you. Leaders that know it, have walked similar roads. Then you feel less alone. You're like, wow, you get this? You you don't think I'm a freak because I used to sneak this or do that? They get it and they they can help you. Like I was thinking so many of us were raised in a, in an environment where there were, there was a certain way of eating. There was a certain, you know, breakfast was normally a bowl of cereal, mm-hmm. sugary cereal. Mm-hmm. Then that's it, just cereal. And that was enough. As long as your belly's full, mm-hmm. that's fine. It may not have as, it may not be as nourishing for your body. It may not fuel you in the best way. Um, and then things that I know now, but then get me into a, a place that are that um my tongue is twisted <laughs> that get me into a place that that's like you know i i wasn't raised in a way where i saw nutritional foods and proper fueling all day every day and so no wonder it's so hard to and and then i learned all these things that diet culture taught me and implemented them myself and made it kind of worse and then it's like no wonder i i struggle to know how to nourish my body properly know what it even looks like to go to the grocery store and buy things and and not have them go to waste quickly and i i know that's like i don't even know how we got there but but i i'm hearing you and you know i've talked about relationship a bit today and um that god is relationship father the son and the holy spirit and that we're created in his image we need relationship and when you have experienced trauma or you have an an eating disorder disordered eating there's probably some trauma there somewhere if you have that and so when i'm talking about taking your thoughts captive and making them an obedient christ and and repenting and making these changes that might feel really overwhelming and unsafe 
for you to do because of trauma responses. And we, those things are healed in safe relationship with safe people. Yes. Eating disorder recovery, the work that I do with clients that, that a trauma informed therapist or dietitian is going to do is creating this safe relationship where we can look at this stuff and we can look at the way your brain's wired up and we can kind we can when you when we can get your nervous system safe and be in a safe relationship then we can start unpacking like okay what are we believing here and what's true and and what's not um so if you know, I just, I love that you really talked about that, right? Like if do, like doing this thought work feels overwhelming or really scary or unsafe or like, or you're going to go down like the hole of watching all these YouTube videos and all this stuff. And that feels really overwhelming. Like get yourself connected with someone that does this work and can, and can be a safe person for you to walk alongside as you recover. Definitely. And our Christian Treatment Finder, christiantreatmentfinder.com, Christian professionals that specialize in eating disorder, disordered eating, um, counseling, all that, all that kind of work with a campaign against (laughs) eating disorders um, to take it back, like go out and search, search by um, your state, your zip code. And, uh, and and there's like loads of virtual offerings out there as well, support groups treatment centers, please go there. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, yeah, this is, this is hard. Maybe that is part of why I had that initial feeling. Cause there are some of these things that really haven't been unpacked. And I'll tell you friends, it has been so life altering in the best way for me when I have gone, when I have spent time with a professional who could point me to scripture a biblical worldview that had understanding of trauma, mm-hmm. um, internal family systems, yeah. all those, all that deep heart work. It is hard. It is scary. There, it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of that, it was when you look at staying the way you are, and and staying bound by the chains of enslavement that you are in to these food issues, this body image um, bondage, it's bondage, which, you know, which, which is more challenging, which is harder. Like I would rather do something that's going to get me where I want to be because it's, I'm not happy with where things are. Right. So, um, so working with, someone who could really truly point me to Christ, pray with me, go um, into a, you know, an inner healing prayer scenario of, of uncovering. I mean, it's a game changer. I, I really encourage you to do that. Um, Charlie, as we wrap up, would you describe to us um, the last time you experienced true freedom? Oh, I was thinking about this and I totally experienced this um, last Saturday evening. Um, so my girlfriend, uh, my assistant now, (laughs) uh, came down for the first time we met in person and, um, hung out and we went to, 
this Jesus rally, a concert at my church. Supposed to be like Woodstock, but for Jesus. Yes. Um, and it was just, it was lovely. It was a night of worship. And, um, you know, sometimes I, sometimes like I kind of don't fit well in the church um, because I'm married, but my husband doesn't attend church with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of like, like I'm not a single mom and I don't fit in those groups. Right. But like my husband's not coming to married groups and I'm not like young and single. So it's kind of like, I, I'm kind of like this weird, I, I know there's, I know there's more of you out there, um, uh, but I haven't like found them at my church. So I do a lot of church things by myself and I feel pretty good in that. Um, I like, I'm okay with that. I used to be weird. Now I'm, I'm pretty good. So I was sitting there on sat standing there on Saturday, like worshiping, like all out full blown. And, um, there, there was my friend next to me and I knew like she, she had talked about like really wanting to like full body worship and always feeling like a little bit weird about that, you know? And I just watched her like lift her hands and like full body worship. And I just, (sighs) and we had been like, praying like such bold prayers there um, for healing and just there's so much freedom in knowing who you are in Christ mm-hmm. and whose you are. And like that my eternal life started the moment I accepted him. Like I'm, I'm already there. I'm already walking out my eternal life with him and yeah, <laughs> like I'm seated in Christ at God's right hand. Like I already have all those things, am all those things. And so like I can be wearing whatever in whatever size body, worshiping like a crazy mad woman by myself. Yeah. And like that's freedom to me. I'm not yes. worried about what anybody's thinking. I'm not worried about I, I'm just being real with the Lord. Love it. Yeah, that is, uh, what is, there's the, not, I don't think it's unabashed. Un, un, yeah, I don't know. It's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know what I'm yes. saying? It's great is what it is. And yeah. it's, um, it's real and it's true freedom. Love that. Charlie, thank you for being here and going there with us. Yay. I'm so excited. We will link everything in the show notes, ways that you can get a hold of Charlie, if you want to connect with her, um, her CEDCN profile, which is our Christian Treatment Finder profile, will be there as well if you'd like to work with her. Thanks again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. What a joy. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Old School Food Freedom Podcast. For over 20 years, Finding Balance has been helping people walk in freedom by discovering where Jesus fits into their struggles with food and body image. If you want more biblical truth and encouragement, head on over to FindingBalance.com and subscribe to our free daily vitamin devotional. While you're there, explore our Christ-centered, lasting freedom online course and small group tools. You can help keep this ministry going by donating today at FindingBalance.com. See you next time.
The content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose, treat, or prescribe a particular course of action. If you have or suspect you may have an eating disorder, please consult your health care provider. If you desire to receive faith-based care, visit ChristianTreatmentFinder.com to browse professionals with a kingdom campaign against eating disorders.